Hello everyone, my name is Anne Teato and welcome to episode 82 of the Psychic Matters podcast. Thank you for supporting my new podcast merch shop. I had some sales last week, which was wonderful. So thank you. Thank you for that. For those who don't know yet, I have a merchandise shop now and the Psychic Matters t-shirts and hoodies and jumpers that I sell are made from organic cotton and printed in the UK in a renewable energy powered factory and they ship all over the world. So if you fancy buying yourself a t-shirt, a hoodie or a tote bag to support the podcast, please head over to my website anteato.com and go and buy one. For every t-shirt or hoodie I sell, I make a profit of £2.75 or £3. So every t-shirt you buy will be supporting the Psychic Matters podcast and they're great fun to wear and they're planet friendly. This week's podcast is a radio play written and recorded by me. It's a dramatisation of true events that happened when I spent the last night ever with my beloved Auntie Mon. I recorded this play in her honour yesterday on the 13th anniversary of her death, the 17th of January. And I hope that you, the listener, will empathise with my experiences and feel the huge love and respect I held for her and still have for her. This play explores the depths of grief that we can feel when we lose those we love. It's a simple play just 20 minutes. A play about nothing, yet a play about everything. I hope it will help you feel that you are not alone in your grief and that we all stand together, forever altered by the experience, yet all the richer for having known those we grieve for and for having had an opportunity to love them. Anne is a mother in her 40s, She is visiting her recently widowed 80-year-old Auntie Mon, who lives in a caravan on a mobile home site. Mon has been like a mother to Anne all her life. Mon is dying. Anne is torn between trying to care for her aunt by herself or getting some help. Anne knows that if she calls an ambulance, her aunt will never return home. It is the end of the road. A painful goodbye. A last night together. Last Night, a radio play. Written and performed by Anne Teato. What, this blouse? No, I'm a size 12. That's got to be a size 6. You're tiny compared to me. I'll hang it back up in here. All right. What time is it? It's about 9 o'clock. Why is it dark outside? 
Because it's January, Mon, and it's winter, and we're in the UK, in the middle of Suffolk. <laughs> Listen, I'll be up at seven. I'll make you a cup of tea, OK? Let's close these curtains properly. Night-night, darling. I love you. Coughing, bubbling, crackling lungs in the night. I'm lying in my dead uncle's bed. The clock an hour ahead, tick-tocking the minutes. My light is on for fear of my dead uncle's ghost. And for not finding my way in the dark. A picture of my aunt by the bed, dressed in orange. 1956, somewhere in Spain. Oh, the terrible choking heat. It's so hot in here. The opening of my window makes the caravan tremble. Thoughts of my childhood spent here. Now there's an empty wardrobe. Medicines stacked on the dresser with complex names. My bag full of clothes, shoes, things for this trip. Piled on the pink needle cord linen chest. A cough. A mutter, a low moan, walls thin as cardboard, a wooden crucifix with a metal Jesus, a small carrier bag with her ironing in, waiting. She irons her vests. Rolls and rolls of Christmas paper. I stuff them on the shelf in the top of the wardrobe and I couldn't close the door. Jacket sleeves flapping out. Hers, not his. No evidence of his existence remains. Dead just four months. I feel frightened. Think of my children. I have a compulsive desire to run, leave here, embrace them, hold them, smell their hair, kiss their faces, touch their soft skin. I lie quietly in the semi-darkness. Eyes wide open, looking, listening, waiting. She mutters through the wall, 
I hear her lungs bubble, a small cough. Silence again. The curtain flaps at the window, a breeze over my nose, delicious air. I breathe and stretch and think. I'll make tea for auntie, or maybe not if she's asleep. I pull on a jumper, fold back the duvet, step onto the floor. I click off the lamp beside the bed. I walk down the teeny corridor, past the jackets and the engraved wooden stick that hangs from a peg, past the cupboard where they keep the hoover, bin bags and glass jars full of curtain hooks. Her door is open. She is half in and half out of the bed on a diagonal. There is pee on the floor a small patch of it by the door near the bed. I feel shocked, awful, I was asleep. I'm ashamed I didn't hear her call for me through that thin cardboard wall. She looks at me in the doorway. She is stressed, anxious, desperate to tell me something. She gasps, tries to cry out, Sounds like a small kitten. I stand by her oxygen cylinder, put my right ear near her mouth. Her teeth are beautiful and straight. She is telling me she tried to go, tried to get to the toilet but felt dizzy, couldn't get there. I ask her, does she still want to go? Her voice is not there. Someone took it away in the night. I try to understand the puffs and stammers. I help her stand. She is floppy like a doll, legs weak, no spine, no strength. I feel she might cry. She has no tears, just squeaks out on a puff of breath. I reassure her, talk to her. I say things like... Oh my goodness, what's happened to you in the night, eh? (laughs) And I laugh, but it's not funny. She's not heavy, but I worry about her spine and her bones. The ache of her twisted body. She shuffles her feet forward, little centimetre steps. It takes a long time to get her to the bathroom. And it's only a foot and a half away. She tries to sit down. Her nightdress is voluminous. I gather the fabric quickly. It's wet. She's peeing on the floor down her legs. She needs a wash. I cannot wash her, not by myself. I don't want to wash her, this private lady. I tear paper for her, give it to her. I watch as she wipes herself. Not quite right. Like a child just learning. She's fallen sideways on the toilet. Nightgown dragging between her shins. I want to cry myself. I panic. My voice strangely calm and soothing. 
I bring a chair from the kitchen, place it by the sink, lift her carefully, gently. Her long fingers clutch the air. I help her put her hand on the edge of the sink. I want to warm her hands, they're cold. I take the old nighty, gathering the cold wet bits and pulling over her head quickly so she doesn't feel cold or stared at. She yells, tells me off, tells me not to pull so hard. Her absent voice returning, her sanity briefly returned and I smile and I'm glad and I'm so thankful to hear her normal voice and I think, she'll be okay, she'll be okay, a mantra. She'll be okay, she'll be okay, she'll be okay, she'll be okay, she'll be okay. I say I'm so sorry and I hover anxiously. I watch while she inches the nightdress off over her ears. It's so tight. I try to help. It comes off. She tries to fold it, helpless, unable. I take it gently, drop it to the carpet, marvel at her twisted back, see her pink scalp beneath the grey hair, Slip the fresh nighty over her head. It's easy to do. I pull it down at the back. Keep her warm. Oh, it smells of fresh washing powder. I love that smell. I say, will you be all right for a minute? She tries to balance, wobbly. Purple blotches on her legs. I step away, take my arm from under hers, and in two bounds I'm by her bed. It's wet. I want to cry. How did she get this ill so quickly? Last night, we'd had such fun, so many laughs. She wouldn't eat anything, shook her head at me, pursed her lips, looked disapproving. She had a coffee made with coffee mate and a few cigarettes instead. Well, why not? As she said to me, I might as well, sure I'm well and truly benjaxed. She gave me a little mirror from the World Wildlife Fund. It had a little panda on it, quite nice, silver, little hinged lid. She looked at herself in it first. I tell you something, she said. They don't make mirrors like they used to. I looked at her looking at herself. Her skin was taut over her chin, so tight and stretched, so skinny. Weighs four and a half stone. She told me that. Four and a half stone. Of course, I told her she looked lovely. Did I don't. I look like a shite on a daffodil. (laughs) She was on top form. We played Scrabble. She won. She always wins. I told her I'd get up at seven, make her a cup of tea. Sure, I won't be up at that time. Have yourself an old lion now. You hardly ever get away from those children. I think of all this while I strip the sheets and the woolly underblanket, fling pillows to the floor in a corner, pile them up. I flip the mattress over, run down the little corridor, fling open the pink needle cord chest, grab the single bed linen, run to my auntie's room, glance at her in the bathroom by the sink. She's okay, still upright. Grab a blanket, place it on the mattress, tuck it in, double quick time. I try not to think about my aunt by the sink. 
gasping for air about to fall. I take a folded pale blue sheet, open it in a whoosh over the bed. The doorbell rings. I run to the door, turn the key, open it up. A tubby woman stands there. I'm Marianne, she says. I'm Mon's home help. She marches in. I say, I'm Anne, Mon's niece. Super nice to meet you and I hug her. She stands stiff, arms by her sides and lets me hug her. I say, can you give me a hand? My aunt has shut the bathroom door. She wants privacy at this dreadful time. Marianne helps me make the bed. She talks a lot, says the ambulance should have taken her yesterday, says if anything happens to her, she'll be ever so upset, says my aunt told her if anything happened to her, Marianne was to have her bureau. I look at her. Bewildered, speechless. The bureau is ancient, a mahogany wood veneer, Peeling, falling apart at the seams, covered in ring marks, a decade of coffee mugs. I marvel at her greed. Her husband will collect it in a van whenever the time comes, but she will miss my aunt very much. I knock on the bathroom door and enter. My aunt clings to the sink. I say, it's Marianne. My aunt scowls. Marianne comes into the bathroom, three of us squashed in like sardines. We take an arm each, help my aunt back to her bed. It is slow but easier with two. My aunt is in bed. Too far down, not on the pillow. We pause, let her breathe, take an arm each and hoist. She asks for water. Marianne suggests I get straws. I go to the kitchen, open the cupboards, find a tall glass, put straws in, the ones with bendy tops, the ones I give my children. I fill the glass with water. I take it to my aunt. She is thirsty. She tries to talk to Marianne, says thanks for coming. Marianne says she must sleep. I go into the kitchen with Marianne and put the kettle on. Marianne takes a call on her mobile. She talks loudly. She's angry about something. She's too loud and too angry. I want her to be quiet. Keep this house quiet for my aunt. Marianne rants and raves on the phone. I tap her on the shoulder. I mouth, thanks for coming. Indicate the front door, hold it open. She nods and mutters, nice to meet you. In between shouting at the person on the other end of the phone, I shut the door. I shut her out. The silence wraps slowly round. I pad back to the bedroom, check on my aunt. Her mouth is open. She cannot breathe well. She's trying to sleep. I close her bedroom door gently. So gently. The kettle is bubbling. I switch it off. 
I want to make a hot water bottle, but I can't find the screw top. I mean, why would anyone store a hot water bottle without its top? I don't understand old age. I make a coffee and sit at the table. I place the mug on the plastic table cover and sit. Stirring. 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 Nice tablecloth. Better wear, my aunt said. I stare for a very long time at the blue biscuit tin with the 1950s blonde girl on the lid. All scratched. Mon used to keep lemon puff biscuits in there for us when we were little. Years and years of visits. Years and years of lemon puffs. They used to be rectangular. Now they're circular. Not the same. Not the same. I can't do this. She needs help. I can't help her. They'll take her. If I call the ambulance. They'll take her. Last Night was written and performed by Anne Teate. Well, I hope you enjoyed that play and that it touched your heart in some way. I'd love to hear your thoughts, so feel free to email me anne at anteato.com or join our Psychic Matters group Facebook page. I would really love to hear your feedback. Before we close, I want to say a huge thank you to all my incredible patrons. Your patronage continues to be instrumental in helping me create high-quality podcast content And I can't thank you enough. I am so grateful to you for believing in me and in what I'm creating here on Psychic Matters. And if you would like to become a patron, then please do visit patreon.com slash psychic matters and you can sign up there. Patreon is p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash psychic matters for now i wish you a wonderful couple of weeks ahead i will be back on the 9th of february to introduce you to a very special guest so do join me then my name is anne teato and thank you for listening to psychic matters (laughs) 